$5 your way, I rule this day. Nuggets, fries, drink bars, just been raised. Ed Whopper Jr. is something new. A barbecue bacon junior just for you. another episode of CP Influence, which is part of the Radio Faces the Imperfect podcast. This is where I interview my interesting friends and share them with you and the world. I hope you enjoy. To Atlanta, jacking hammers and bows. Back to the mackin' and jacking the clothes. Adolescents packing a foe. A knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know the one with the flow. Who did it? It was me, I suppose. Jay Z in the rolls and looters in the cuts of pre- Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on what time you listen to this. But welcome to another episode of CP and Friends. And today, I got my good buddy who's dr- drove a long way to do this. And I should have asked you before. How do you pronounce your last name? Ekich. Ekich. Adnan Ekich. I'm sorry. That was that was probably a pre-show question, but... Amateur move, right? There. It's an amateur move on my behalf. That's why we call this the Imperfect Podcast. Because it's not perfect. But welcome, man. Thanks for coming down. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Legit. And uh, I'm used to all the driving. Uh, living in the suburbs of, of Atlanta. Everything is kind of far. Hey, speaking of the suburbs, you guys might uh, get a hockey team up there, right? <laughs> Third Ooh. time's a charm, Third for, time's a charm for some Atlanta Atlanta hockey. They realize, you know what? We're not going to the city. That, <laughs> We're going to take it to the suburbs like the Braves did. They realized uh, Atlanta's a top 10 market. We have to tap into it. Some Someone's going to be watching hockey out here. Somebody. It won't be. Well, I'm not going to say it won't be us, but. You know, when I was a season ticket holder for the Hawks, they gave us like free Thrashers tickets. Ooh. I can't say I went to one. I can't even say I opened the email. I was really into hockey when the Thrashers were here. I mean, like, I was diehard following the NHL, and then that when your city loses a team, you kind of twice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they lost it the first time before I was born. But you know, when you're watching a team, and when your city like loses it, then you kind of you know, lose interest in the sport a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Canada's looking at us, getting another team, Ooh. rubbing their hands together. It's like, ooh. I can't, hey, I'll give it five <laughs> years before it fails again. No, no, I, uh, hopefully, hopefully it succeeds this time. I'm, uh, I want to really get back in NHL hockey, and I will if Atlanta has a team. Yeah, I think now I care a little bit more about sports or Atlanta sports that, um, I'll be invested. I'll probably go to the first game. Like, I, I kind of know the rules of hockey. I've played NHL 96 before. On the, There's <laughs> a throwback. On Sega, so I'm a little familiar with it. No, no. I, 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 I can't say I'm invested in hockey because, like soccer, like I don't have pre- Premier League teams and all that kind of stuff. I just follow Atlanta United, boring old MLS, retirement league, or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I'm, with me in sports, I'm invested in my Atlanta sports because I can go to it or it's down the street, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. Like, hockey is so fun, though. Like, during the playoffs, like, the Stanley Cup play, it's so intense. 
you know, all the players, there's no load management in hockey, Ooh, you know, everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone plays, you know, there's no flopping. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's legitimately a great sport. And I mean, I can't ice skate at all. So I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by the way those world-class athletes can do it so fast with such skill. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. If Atlanta gets a team, I'll, I'll probably watch every game, honestly. So we're probably putting people to sleep talking about hockey when most people from <laughs> Sorry, here are from Atlanta. But that's okay. No, it's exciting. So um, I think it's in the works, but we'll see. I think it's going to be an Alpharetta. I mean, that was a that was a, a suggestion. That was a possibility. But you know, the, hey, we'll get those Alpharetta unicorns out there. <laughs> hey, we'll come to them. <laughs> hey man hey support our future hockey team um but no um i know this guy from the hawks the six-man section and if you don't know what the six-man section is it is a cheering section in the corner of 122 if you go to state farm arena formerly known as phillips um you can catch us standing and cheering during games Catch us on a Titantron at least once, and sometimes on on TV like we were last night. Yeah, it was um, one twenty two, formerly also known as one eighteen before <laughs> they did that rebrand. You know, they kept us in the same spot. But yeah, no, we uh we know each other from both uh being in and eventually leading the six man section. So it's a it's a hell of a time. It is, and we're supposed to have our third compadre. But unfortunately, he's at he had other commitments. I mean, I think he's at a wake or a funeral. Our guy Jake, that kind of sucks, but I understand. Hopefully, we can get him to come in when we do this again. When we talk some uh, Hawks playoffs, oh. <laughs> hopefully there will be plenty to talk about. We get some Hawks playoffs, and since this whole episode is about Atlanta, we're gonna hit the old trifecta: Hawks, Braves, Falcons. Maybe a little United. I guess it's four now. I mean, they won the championship first <laughs> since the ni- what, since what ninety six, ninety five. Uh, yeah, the Braves won it in ninety five. Oh no, excuse me, the Swarm. Oh yeah, the George. I respect the Georgia Swarm. Respect out here. the Swarm. That's right. Respect the lacrosse team. Yeah, maybe we talk some Atlanta rugby too. <laughs> Ooh, oh man, we can't talk Atlanta rain. That didn't last long enough. <laughs> Though, as you've seen downstairs, I have a nice little. Atlanta Rain, it was $2 maybe I got it for on discount. Nice little scarf. But, um, yeah, we we do the six-man. And, and uh, if you want to join, you can join next year. But uh, we stand and cheer during games. Um, we go to – we personally go to pretty much all the games. But <clears throat> it's a good experience. It's definitely for people that um, that are true Hawks fans that – don't mind staring and standing and cheering, and you want a little bit more excitement in your basketball entertainment. Definitely uh, builds an atmosphere. Uh, that's our entire job, you know, establish that home court advantage, so to speak. And yeah, no, I will say, after having experienced the six man section for as long as I have, I don't think I could go to a basketball game and just sit down and just, you know, it's weird. <laughs> I I went to a couple games during the the COVID year, when yeah. you know they let up to a thousand people into the arena, 
I went to three or four of those games, and it was very, very strange. Just you know, yeah, sitting not, down, you know, taking it in. It, uh, I I found that it's not for me. Yeah, the section was created, I think, a long time ago, like in 2000... 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was the Bucks series. Well, when did we face the Bucks in the first round? Not the conference finals. It was the Fear of the Deer Bucks. The Fear of the Deer Bucks. Brand, with Brandon Michael Jennings. Red. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, was Michael Red on that team? Ah. Uh, I think so. I think it was Michael Red, Brandon Jennings, like Charlie Villanueva, like Andrew Bogut, like th- that Bucks yeah. squad. Yeah, Bogut was on that team for sure. And you know, our, if we got any of that wrong, our apologies to to the fierce Milwaukee Bucks fans, mm-hmm. contingent <laughs> listeners. Two thousand twenty one champion Bucks. We gotta put respect on their yeah. names. They beat us, but you know they got lucky because yeah, them and the rank. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. um well, enough about them, but, um, you know, the Hawks, I will say probably out of all the sports franchises here, I would say that they probably get screwed over the most when it comes to fan support because basketball is a polarizing sport because you can see, like, their faces compared to people wearing helmets or baseball. But when the Lakers come in or when – Whatever team LeBron's playing for, KD, you know, it's almost split down the middle. And back in the day, it was known as Sports Center East or Sports Center. What is it? Staples Center? Staples Center. Yeah. So if you go and look at like a Kobe Bryant highlight from the Hawks in 2008, you'll see the 70% Lakers, 30% Hawks. It was a home game for them. So the six man section basically was created to kind of offset that a little bit. I think we do a good job of that. Like uh at the very least you'll get you'll get those let's go Hawks and defense chance throughout the entire game from at least us. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what the score is. Yeah, no matter what the score. Yeah, and there have been some ugly scores, you know. And and we're all ready always ready to uh swag and surf at the end of that third quarter. Every third quarter. We're we're ready. We're prepared for it. Yeah, but it, it is interesting. The only thing is, man, when the Lakers come to town and when they make a run or when the Heat make a run and it's like, yeah, you know, you you, just, you can just notice the fans start getting rowdier and rowdier <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's so many of them right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to say the worst teams are probably, and this is like no matter whether the teams are good or bad, it's the Knicks for sure. The Lakers, asterisk, whatever team LeBron's on, whatever team KD's on. Um, I would put the Heat in that mix. The Heat, because the wor- the thing is, I think I hate, I hate it when it's the Heat fans the most, because yeah. the thing about Heat fans is they're gonna coordinate their chants together, like they will yeah. all come together and give an, a loud "Let's go Heat" chant, and when there's uh, the stadium fits what 15, 15,000 mm-hmm. people. When there's let's say even five thousand, when there's four or five thousand of them, three thousand, you'll hear three thousand people. Like oh, you'll yeah. hear three thousand people all at once. Whereas like the other fan bases, it's just like people going there as like individual Lakers fans where they'll like cheer, but they won't like cheer together. Yeah, I, I would say Heat Nick fans are pretty, pretty like together when it comes to 
cheering and all that kind of stuff. Um, I hate both of them, but especially the Heat because they're in our division. But the Knicks, they're are I guess rivals now but, since the playoffs. Uh, the divisions really even matter that much in basketball it anymore. It doesn't, but I, you're I, guaranteed to see them four times yeah. though, no matter what. Hey, well, trying to hang another one of those numbers on that big division ba- <laughs> banner that they have in State Farm. So that's right. Hey, we're we're in a dead heat with the Heat. Yeah, yeah. So at the time of this recording, we play the Heat tonight in Miami, then play them again Monday yep. in Miami, and then take a break for a day and play Washington back to back in Washington. I hope when uh, we're we're listening back to this, we'll have you know one. At least three of those games. At least. Um, also, this division sucks, low key. Like yeah. the number one, the number one team is what the seventh seed. Yeah. So, <laughs> both the Falcons and the Hawks are in divisions that are terrible, but we can't seem to capitalize on it, and that's probably the most frustrating thing about it, because we have potential. Falcons, all right. You know they're kind of rebuilding, but the Hawks like. You went to the conference finals two years ago, and you practically have the same team, if not upgraded, when you brought in uh, DeJounte Murray. So you would think that by now, like, all right, they're going to be a team that's going to always go or threaten to go. But it seems like we're the worst version of the Sixers who can't get past the second round. Oh, we can't even get to the second round. Can't even get to the second round, right. Uh, I mean, that I I will... I have always said that coaching has been an issue with because even with that Hawks team that went to the conference finals, you know, we remember the story. Lloyd Pierce gets fired middle of the season. Nate McMillan takes over. Team goes on a run. The vibes are immaculate because Lloyd Pierce is no longer there. <laughs> and Nate McMillan, for as bad as Pierce was, his plays were really, like, good. Like, his yeah. playbook was really good. Like, uh, I know... There was a guy on on Hawks Reddit, like after every game, he would diagram the play that the Hawks would be running, and it was some like really advanced stuff. And Nate McMillan used that playbook, and that team just ran those vibes all the way to the conference <laughs> finals. Then uh, we had an off season. Nate McMillan instills his own playbook after that, and that, then, that old Pacer playbook. Oh, <laughs> hey. You you remember what happened with the Pacers too at the end of Nate McMillan's reign? They get yeah. they get swept by the Heat, and the Pacers are like, "Oh, we got to get this guy out of here." I wish you know the Hawks had that same mentality after that Heat series. No, but, we gave them an extension after whoo. that uh, twenty twenty one season, yeah. four year deal, four so. year deal. Yeah, I mean that that playbook was essentially. You get the switch and you attack the mismatch over and over again. You just isolation the mismatch. You give the ball to Trey. You try to get him on a switch against a big man, and you just let him go to work. And that's that old school mid two thousands, early two thousands hero ball. Ooh. You know, back when back, that Joe Johnson ball. Ooh, that's that Mike Woodson ball right there. <laughs> hey. Mike Woodson got better every season, though. <laughs> he got better every season. That was the weirdest stat is that Mike uh, Woodson took over, and his record was better each year. And when it got up to 48 or whatever it was, he got fired. Hey, I will say this, though. Mike Woodson is the only coach to get the Knicks out of the first round since the 90s. 
That's true. Because he took that isolation game over to where Carmelo Anthony was in his prime. And, you know, that Knicks team was really good. That Knicks team, by the way, 2K13 legends. That's true. Ooh, that Mello, Knicks team. Iman Shumpert. Shumpert, J.R. Smith. Legend. You had Stoudemire. Tyson Steven. Chandler just cleaning everything up on the glass and on defense. When they had Bariani, Steve Novak, Ooh, guys Steve that were like seventy ones, but their threes were like nineties. So if they were open, oh, they're gonna make it every time. That game was so broken, by the way, to the point where if if a guy had a dunk package, he was just unstoppable. And you had Shumpert and J.R. Smith on that team, but yeah, Ooh. it was um, yeah, it was just it was just ugly basketball. Like just from a a, a schematic coaching standpoint, and now. I mean, now we bring in what, someone who I think is a top five coach in the league, and yeah. Quinn Snyder. You saw you saw all the plays that he designed in Utah. You saw his offense in Utah, just a, a bunch of screens, you know, a bunch of ball movement. It's it's going to be. I think this is exactly the move that this team needed to really propel themselves back to that level that they were at uh, during that half season, because this team has a lot of talent. Absolutely. It, it was just never utilized. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people don't realize or remember he was an assistant coach under Bud, but I think he was only here like a year yep. or like a season. So then he moved immediately to Utah. And I remember at the time I was like, man, why did they take this guy after like one year? And then It, it wasn't even the 61 year. Remember, he was no, here. Was before. He was here in that 2013-14 season, that Hawks team that was the eighth seed. That took the Pacers to the brink. Oof. You know, the Mike Scott game five. Man, legendary. He earned himself a jersey hey, for he, me. <laughs> I bought one. Hey, he earned himself a, a video tribute, too, a couple of years later. Yeah, he, he did. Came. Oh, man. Yeah, so, you know, we see what he did with the Jazz, turning them into a perennial playoff team, even though they couldn't really get over the hump. But can you really blame them when – you're you're in the uh, Warriors era, right? Ooh, the so, hey, by the way, uh, as of this recording, of uh, one of the most mind blowing stats that is true that I like read that I just recall is the Warriors have not lost a Western Conference series since 2014. Like Shh. since that first championship, they have never when they get into the playoffs. They they either win the finals or they lose the finals, right. and most of the time they win the finals. Yeah, and honestly, they lost two. The two finals they lost is one was more on them blowing a three one lead. Um, you know, Atlanta knows about that, um, but we'll get in that later. Um, and the second one was just injuries. I mean, a lot of injuries. Yeah, they they just was decimated. Like you can't beat. KD Achilles injury, yeah. Clay Thompson. Yeah. I mean, those were some nasty injuries, yeah. too. Yeah, and, and you're not going to do it with just Steph trying to beat a Raptors team at that time with Siakam and Kawhi, and Kawhi when his knees uh, were, were working. He wasn't taking load management at that point. <laughs> and he was happy to be out of San Antonio, so yeah, that, it that was, was tough for them. That was so funny. Like... He had that beef with the Spurs. He wanted to go to L.A. Then, then they're like, all right, we're going to ship you off north of the wall over to Toronto. 
And then he just goes out there, wins a championship. As you know, and then goes back to LA. Yeah, then he goes back to LA. Either way, so let's be honest. If he's stuck with the Raptors, they probably would. With LeBron gone, they would be, be going scary. back. If 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 he didn't have all those injuries as well, because pretty much once he left Toronto, he's like been hurt every season. So I mean, shout out to Kawhi too, though. He could have easily just gone to LA, gone to the Lakers. I mean. Because they yeah. they were expecting that, you know they had yeah. a, they could have built that really big super team with him, LeBron, and AD. I think he kind of screwed LeBron's plans to win a couple more rings. Yeah, I mean the Lakers won that twenty twenty one, which was a bubble championship, and people can count it if they want to. I'm not going to count it because I don't like the Lakers. But... The Lakers and the Dodgers that year. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of blown three one leads in the NLCS that season. <laughs> Again, Atlanta knows about blowing leaves. Um, I hope this year, like, my expectation for the Hawks is I, I just want to get past the first round. Like, it's lower than what it should be. Okay, but, Clint. Okay, Clint Capella. But, yeah, I'm, a little, I'm on this Clint train right now. I just want to get to the East Conference Finals. <laughs> I just want to get past the first round. Last year was tough. Watching them struggle against Miami is just like, ugh. Demoralizing. It, it was painful, and you know, I, I, I thought we were gonna get back to at least the Eastern Conference Finals with Murray, but obviously this whole season's been a disappointment. I would say, and I think it's a lot of factors, and I think it's not just Trey's fault, even though a lot of people want to blame it on him because it's been two coaches, and you know, when you're the superstar, that's kind of what happens, and. His interviews or his demeanor, leadership, what you hear, whatever the case may be, but it's not just him. It's coaching. It's getting people to buy in. It's people like John Collins not playing to their potential. I mean, in fairness to Trey, the two coaches he had were not great coaches. Like, I, I respect the hell out of Nate McMillan. Like, legitimately. Right. He is... He seemed like a... Likeable guy. A great guy, like legitimate. And this is a guy where I'm not going to discount the fact that he's, you know, what, 18th all-time and wins. Yeah. But the game, I, in my opinion, has passed him by. Uh, you can tell he, he's been talking about possibly, like, you know, wanting to move on from coaching for a while now. And, you know, I, I, I will say I think there is a reason why he got fired from the Pacers weeks after they gave him an extension. There's right. a reason why he's been fired from four different places. I just think that his scheme, just schematically, it's archaic. Like, you cannot win basketball with that type of scheme. With Lloyd Pierce is another story. He had the scheme, but he just he was just, uh, for from all reports, and we remember those articles from The Athletic. We remember the reporting that Chris Kirshner was doing. From all reports, he just completely lost the locker room. Yeah. And it was deeper than that. I'm sure, but you know, I'll just leave it at he wasn't very liked and he wasn't very likable and you know, teams have not been knocking on his door offering him head coaching jobs since then. Even right. though a lot of other coaches came to his defense and said, "Oh, the Hawks are, you know, what are they doing? How like how could they fire Lloyd Pierce, a young and upcoming coach who, you know, had was so many games under 500 that I lost count." Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I think with Quinn Snyder, the third time's a charm. Like this is the first 
actually good coach that Trey has. Yeah, and I agree. I can't wait to see you know how he does with Quinn because you know you can say what you want about Trey and like you know the coaches. You know I think he gets a really bad rap from a lot of te- people who do not watch Atlanta Hawks basketball who probably haven't seen watched a single Hawks game since the playoffs last year. But one question that I will ask these people who aren't fans of the team is, would you want Nate McMillan or Lloyd Pierce coaching your team today? Well, people forget um, Nate McMillan came under Lloyd Pierce as an assistant coach. So that kind of told you right there, like, you know, either he didn't want to be a head coach or no one wanted him to be a head coach. And when Pierce got fired, he kind of was iffy on even taking the head coaching job for the Hawks. So it always seemed like Nate had one foot out the door as well, right? Like his he was there, but he wasn't there. They made that run, and then, you know, obviously you make a run like that, you think, yeah, I can do it again. But as the season went on last year, you see you know, it's not cracked up what it's supposed to be. And then whatever drama he had with the locker room or with Trey, you know, it just wore him down. And as the reports say, he tried to leave the Hawks this this season. But obviously, for probably PR reasons, the Hawks wanted him to stay. But after those losses to the Hornets and Knicks. Oh, that know, game was brutal. That Knicks game at home, <laughs> that game was brutal. Yeah, so they just pulled the plug on it. And it's almost like, Arthur Smith pulling the plug on Mariota. A little bit too late, but... Maybe. 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 Uh, Maybe. The season could still be salvaged, and I think that's what they were going for. Rushing Snyder in there ASAP, which, you know, I'm all for it. You know, get in. I don't think we'll see Quinn Snyder's influence, like, fully. We won't see his plays. We won't see his playbook until next season because it's very comprehensive, and it takes a long time. It takes a full training camp to implement something like that. But we even saw it when Joe Prunty took over for yeah, Nate. After. It works. Yeah, like Joe Prunty tweaked some stuff, and now Quinn Snyder's tweaking some more stuff to where you see some more ball movement. You know, you see some more actual pick and rolls. You know, you see you see the effort, the scheme defensively. You know, I, I think we're in good hands. I agree. Um, <laughs> I will say that Joe Prunty, we got to give him props. For coming in two games getting two dubs, and um, <laughs> I hope he sticks around. We were chanting his name in the section yeah. after that first game. Oh, we we had some loud prunty chants going after that one. I remember when he uh, when he made that chat. I think I, I looked over to you. It was literally uh, near the end of the fourth quarter. We're blowing out the Cavs. All, all I said was, uh, you know, all I want here is a one one well timed challenge. <laughs> Literally, uh, you can attest. Ten to this. seconds. Ten seconds if that later. later. Yeah, a well timed challenge. Yeah, there was a, a foul on Trey on a three point attempt. Prunty gives the challenge uh, signal. The entire arena erupts. You know <laughs> the Joe Prunty chants come out. Uh, he lost the challenge, but it, it was. It doesn't um, matter. It Nate doesn't was... even matter. Nate didn't even make. Nate didn't. Nate went home with those challenges. Yeah, man, he's probably got them somewhere in a container, stored up. Hey, man, here's all your coach's challenges oh. you didn't really use. Yeah, you, you you can only turn them in for store credit now. So, let me ask you this. So, this year, I mean, I think we can agree. We can. We're homers, but we're not unrealistic. The Hawks won't win a championship. And obviously, this is something that's going to take a while. What do you see is the best route 
to do it because Bogey probably won't be with us unless he comes back on a much cheaper deal. You got Clint's contract. You have Murray on his last year. The will they, won't they trade with JC. And then obviously, you know, Onyeka's contract coming up. Jalen Johnson's minutes. AJ's minutes. You just played Herder. Not Herder. R.I.P. Herder in Sacramento. Um, <laughs> Hunter, his contract's going to kick in. Where do you go? How do you build this roster into a championship contender? Because Boston's going nowhere. Philly, if James Harden leaves, might obviously go down. Brooklyn, who's telling what's going to happen with them? Milwaukee's not going Milwaukee's not sure. going anywhere. The Knicks seem to be a challenge now because all those guys are signed with Randall, Barrett, and uh, Brunson. Brunson, man, what a pickup that was. Even though they um, probably knew Brunson was coming there long before, they're tampering. But, you know. Hey, you can't make that accusation. <laughs> alleged, allegedly. Alleged tampering. Allegedly tampering. Um, but, you know, how does the Hawks get themselves in, like, cause you got to beat Boston, you got to beat Milwaukee, you got to beat the Knicks. You got to beat Charlotte. We can't beat Charlotte. Oh, no. <laughs> and we got to beat Charlotte. So, in like, where do you go? I think the most important step to make was made at the All-Star break. I think Coach. that the coaching change. I think that no matter what you did with this roster, um, unless you brought in, like, Hall of Famers and, like, just – yeah, you know, three legitimate all stars who are like in MVP voting. I think that the coaching hurdle was too much to overcome, and we noticed it. You said yourself earlier on, this team right now is more talented than that team was a couple of years ago in the conference finals. Um, you know, you have De- Dejounte Murray in here, who, you know, no offense to the other guys, but this is the most talented teammate Trey has ever played with. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, JC has kind of fallen off a little bit, but, you know, Clint Capella is still, you know, very, very good. Uh, Bogey is still very good, although that march that he had in 2021 was absolutely, you know, shout out to him. But making that coaching change and bringing in the right coach, you know, it's not enough just to, to fire Nate and then to bring in someone else who was, you know, as archaic and as bad. I think they they made a home run hire with Quinn Snyder. He was the first name that I said when we fired Nate. I'm like, give me Snyder, give me Kenny Atkinson, you know, from Brooklyn, preferably Snyder. Um, You know, Charles Lee was a popular name in Milwaukee, the Coach Bud's head assistant. And then lo and behold, as soon as the firing happens, those are the three names that are are immediately linked to the Hawks. so shout out to assistant GM Kyle Corver. Shout out to Landry Fields. I think I think they play this as well as it could have been played. Yeah, and and I know a lot of people want it. Um, what's his name? Ime Doku. But a little bit of that was yeah, he took the Celtics to the finals in one year. Something Brad Stevens couldn't do with the same team practically. But at the same time. Think about all those people that were on that team. 
some of that was Jalen Brown and Tatum coming into their own because they weren't the Jalen Brown and Tatum, you know, when Stevenson Stevens had them. Like they were good, but they're they're not like how these two dudes are now. Like those two are assassins. So some of it's like, well, you got two superstar players like that. It's, anybody can coach and, that team. And the other elephant in the room, and I mean, no shout out to Ime Udoka for doing what he did as a first year head coach. Like, you yeah. know, anytime you, because there have been some great, great teams that have fallen by the wayside because of coaching. Uh, you know, Ime Udoka helped turn their season around. Because remember last year at around January, the Celtics and the Hawks were fighting for play-in <laughs> positioning. That's we're, true. It was a 7-8, like we were the 7-8 seed. And then Boston just after the new year goes, goes on that incredible run. And that's a testament to just Ime Udoka's coaching and you know, they get to the finals, they almost win it all. Um, yeah. But you look at Boston this year. Yeah, it's the same it's the same thing. But yeah, they have it's a better, better. record. They're right. A, they're a better team this year than they were last year. And his lead assistant, Joe Mazzula, uh, he just got given like uh they took the interim tag off of him. Uh and I have no doubt in my mind, I mean I I can't say this like definitively, but you think Brad Stevens isn't wasn't helping Udoka out schematically a little bit last year. Brad Stevens was one of the best coaches in the NBA. Yeah. He's now the general manager, but you think he doesn't have some sort of an influence when it comes to that side of the game still? So I think that that was, um, you know, not to take anything away from Udoka, but when you're replaced and when your team is just as good and doesn't fall off at all, yeah. that doesn't... That's not really the best look, especially when you were replaced because of off the field issues. Yeah, and 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 he only did it for a year, right? Um, so and Snyder, you know, who's with Utah for eight years, and Utah in the in the Western Conference, you only have Donovan Mitchell really and Rudy Gobert for the most part. Um, you know, that took some coaching to get those teams where they were. That was a one seed, like that team won. I think. Did they win sixty games? Or close, I want to say they did. Close to it, if they didn't. But like, and people will say, "Oh, Udoka got to the finals. Quinn Snyder never got to the finals. Udoka never had to coach against the prime Warriors and the <laughs> yeah. prime Rockets." And I would argue go against LeBron, <laughs> the Lakers. <laughs> I would argue legitimately. That if Quinn Snyder was coaching last year's Celtics, they would have won that championship. Most likely. And Quinn Snyder was coaching the Hawks when we got to the finals. Hey, and I mean, I I even saw someone make a make an argument that oh, Nate McMillan got to the conference finals. Like, okay, like yeah, you know, we we talked about all of the all of the issues and the schemes with that. But I, I'm convinced, legitimately, I thought that Utah a couple of years ago during that 2021 season, I thought that would be their year. Like, yeah. I, I am convinced that Utah wins that title if they didn't suffer their injuries. Mike Conley got hurt with that facial fracture. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell played, but he, he got hurt and he was playing hurt. And they get knocked out by, I think it was the Clippers, who, you know, had their own injuries. But they lost to... Clippers and Nuggets, I think, the last two years. Yeah, they were like a Donovan Mitchell three away from like moving on. Yeah, uh, they in the no, no, last year it was against the Mavs. It was oh, against yeah. the Mavs. It was game six. They were down three, and it was a Boyan Bogdanovich three pointer. 
And that was one of the best drawn plays I've ever seen in my life. Legit, like, they put a, a couple of picks for him, and Bogdanovich started out, like, near the ball. And he just, like, made this, like, made this, like, circular run. And he was, he caught it, like, in between the numbers. It was, like, a little lob pass to him in the corner. And he misses a wide-open three-pointer, which would have sent that game six to overtime. Um, but, yeah, like, Utah was, I think that was their ceiling, like, pretty much what Quinn Snyder brought them toward. And there's a reason why they really wanted him to extend because he, he left Utah on his own. Like, that wasn't Utah didn't get firing fired, no. But yeah, when it comes to the roster, I mean that's that's up to the general manager uh, to decide. That's up to the decision makers because there are no easy decisions with this team. No, uh, I don't. Know, I love John Collins. I don't know if he's you know a great fit for Quinn Snyder's scheme because everyone needs to be able to shoot the three. Um, if especially if you have a, a center like a Clint Capella who can't really do much out, out of the paint. Um, I think it'll be important to grow and to raise the games of Jalen Johnson and A.J. Griffin. I think those are those guys are such keys to you. Jalen Johnson especially, I think, has such a massive ceiling. And we watched it in the game last night against... Uh, against the Trailblazers, Jalen Johnson has come in and he just he just makes things happen. I I'm a huge Jalen Johnson believer, and I think he can be a long term starting power forward given his vision and given all the energy he brings. Um, AJ Griffin is 19 and he's a dead eye shooter. He's one of the 10 best rookies from his class. Got um, lucky there. Oh, we got so lucky there. <laughs> we really needed that after the Herder trade as well. Oof. You know, it's just, I don't know if you have another swing for the fences trade available to you. Uh, no, not, you gave all your picks for Murray. <laughs> uh, gave up 2025 and 27 unprotected first, the 26 and, pick swap. And the only way you get them back is if you trade a Collins whose value isn't even worth what Murray's is. No, no, he's, it's not worth close to Murray's, but... You know, you started recouping it a little bit with that herder trade. Uh, you got back first rounder there, which looks like it'll convey. But yeah, I mean, I think this team, I think this team is talented enough to be a top four seed in the East. Like they just need, they just need another piece, and not even a, a another all star like all like you know, MVP caliber piece. Like I think Trey's good enough to be a, the first option. Yeah, despite what a lot of people say, saying that he would, uh, he should be a second or third. But the Hawks got some tough decisions. Um, but I believe in Quinn Snyder's vision. But you know who else has some tough decisions to make, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. So right now, we may or may not need a quarterback. But we need oh so many things on the defensive side. And don't let Falcons Twitter tell you that. Uh, half of, you know, half of Twitter is convinced that Desmond Ritter is a uh, is the next coming. The other half is not. <laughs> um, I lo- I love Desmond Ritter. I'm uh, I need to see a little bit more before I anoint him as the next franchise quarterback. Well, you know, like I know, Falcon Twitter first of all can be a uh, <laughs> interesting place, a dark place. 
full of bad takes and comments and all that kind of stuff. But with when it comes to the Falcons, since this is the first time in what twenty years, maybe that we've one needed a quarterback and two have cap space. That now everybody, you know, it's it's like you can get anybody pretty much, whoever's a free agent, whatever trade you want to make, and that's something the Falcons haven't been able to do in forever. So, like you said, Ritter is right now the QB one because it's only Logan Woodside. But you know, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Aaron Rodgers, there's Derek Carr, Garoppolo, all these different people that's available may not be the fit. And then, and then there's the draft. Do you trade up assets to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Maybe Richardson falls. Richardson, eight. you know. So if you say, let's, you know, like everybody's saying, Lamar is going to go if he gets traded to Atlanta. If you put that on Twitter, then people are going to tell you we already have a quarterback. He costs too much. This and that. We got too many holes. They're going to say that anytime. You mentioned any trade. No. But quarterbacks are a premium in the league. Only the Ravens, who have Lamar, was able to win these Super Bowls with subpar quarterbacks. No disrespect to Joe Flacco, who got a ring before Matt Ryan. It came out the same year. And Joe Flacco, in fairness, uh, Joe Flacco carried those playoff He did. Like... (laughs) He was Eli Manning in the playoffs. Like, for whatever reason, regular season, they're as average as they come. But when the playoff lights come on, those dudes are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll end up in the Hall of Fame, but he carried that Ravens team. Nick Foles carried that Eagles team. Yep. Uh, the Falcons should have won that game, if not for Keanu Neal's knee, by the way. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's another story. But yeah, it's the thing about the quarterback. It's the most important position in all of sports, um, and you know, just Falcons background. Uh, if anyone ever reads uh, the Falcoholic, I write on there. I do some some podcasting on there, or some of the live shows uh, with Kevin Knight on Wednesdays. Just a quick plug for that. Yeah, definitely plug yourself. I was going to do that for you. <laughs> and he but, and I know Kevin, he's on the anti-Lamar train, right? Uh, I don't know if he's on the anti-Lamar tra- train. Uh, it, I think he's on the same train as I am, which is I trust the decision-making uh, of of the decision-makers here because I don't think Fontenot and Arthur Smith have you know done anything for me to not trust them. Like, they've... Uh, they've done a great job cleaning up Thomas Dimitrov's cap space mess Oof. that he left us in, and it took two whole years to do that. Um, I think Arthur Smith won seven games with a very subpar roster back-to-back seasons. And they don't give him enough credit for that. <clears throat> I think People a, said the Falcons would win three to four games at max. He's year. a hell of a coach. Like you, To go from Dirk Cutter calling plays to... Arthur Smith and a new analytical movement, like you know, you see the motions, uh, you see you see the creativity on offense. Uh, you know, it's just really, really, it's a breath of fresh air to watch. And you know, it goes back to the Quinn Snyder versus Nate McMillan stuff um, with with the Atlanta Hawks. It's the same thing, but you know, 
for me, if I had to decide, I would pull the trigger on a Lamar trade. And, you know, I'm going to have half the people who say that, you know, they agree with me and half the people who say that I'm an idiot. Um, because, you know, it has to be one way or the other. It's a, it's a very polarizing topic. But how many chances do you have to get an MVP quarterback in the middle of his prime, age 26? And he'll be your quarterback for the next seven, eight years. And I get it. It's a lot of assets to give up. But if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. Like that, especially in the NFC South now, where we talked about how divisions don't matter in the NBA. They matter a hell of a lot in the NFL. Um, And I think having Lamar Jackson to build around, and I think he's the perfect fit for Arthur Smith's scheme, that's going to be something that really has a chance to propel this team. And the counterpoint of, oh, yeah, like if you, you know, you don't want to give up those assets, you don't want to give up that cap space. My question is, what if Ritter isn't it? Uh, those assets sure. those assets mean nothing if your quarterback is subpar. I'm not saying Ritter will be subpar, but I'm saying there's a, a higher chance that Ritter is subpar to average than there is of him ever turning into what Lamar Jackson is now. Yeah, like we said, only Flacco, um, Nick Foles, and who was it, Trent Dilfer? Like those are like the only three quarterbacks that I can remember that won a Super Bowl that wasn't Tom Brady, that wasn't um, Peyton Manning, that wasn't Russell Wilson. You know, guys that are considered superstar quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, right? Um, I mean Matthew Stafford's a borderline all pro, but uh, Stafford is um, Stafford had the year of his career, and also that Rams team like built a hell of a team around him. Right. So, so my thing is, but however, I will say like I would not categorize Stafford as average. I think no. Stafford that year was legitimately like easily a top ten quarterback. He was a worthy Pro Bowler, and I mean, you beat know. Patrick Mahomes. Wait, it was Mahomes, right? No, he beat uh, Joe um, Burrow that Burrow, year. Burrow, right? But and, and then and then you look at the other quarterbacks that go Burrow. I mean Garoppolo. He would no matter what you say about him, he wins. He's he just wins wherever he goes. He he just wins. But all these other quarterbacks that go top tier quarterbacks. So I obviously hope Ritter does well, but four games is not enough to tell. So it'll be interesting to see. And if he does do well, you're going to have to pay him. So what all these other teams like Josh Allen, uh, Burrow, like all these guys got to get paid and you got to have a team around them. So it's no different than those guys. And if you get a Lamar, people will come to play with him. Like Baltimore, no disrespect. Nobody's really going out there to Baltimore. (laughs) And they care more about defense more than anything. They're, that's all they do is draft defense, which is good. You need defense to win games. But nobody's really going out there to play in Buffalo. People will come to play in Atlanta because of the city. And, I mean, I know that this doesn't really matter to the thought process, but I will say those games would be so fun. It would. It would. It just makes sense. And it's real about when Vic was here. Granted, he's not better than Matt Ryan. We love Vic. He did some sh- some bad things, 
But the city was probably more electric when we had Michael Vick than when we had Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, if you're and Matt Ryan's the best quarterback in Falcons history by far. But we would go to Falcons games and against the Bears, and it's all Chicago, all Pittsburgh, all hell. Sometimes half Saints, you know. And this is when the Falcons were good. But when Vic was there, it was all Atlanta all the time because people came out to see him, and you know the demographic. Black people came out to see Vic. I hate to say it like that. It shouldn't matter, but, you know, they did. More people definitely came out to see the Falcons because of Michael Vick, because they latched on to him for various reasons, right? And I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. So, and and I don't believe it should be Atlanta needs a black quarterback. No, they need a good quarterback. But sometimes, like, if you get, like, Lamar Jackson, who's a very athletic, flashy quarterback, black quarterback you're probably gonna get more of those people here and that's the uh that's just an added perk to it like yeah. uh i wouldn't be saying oh go get i'm not saying go get lamar because he'll right he'll fill the stands i'm saying go get lamar because oh. that's that's your best chance of oh, arthur winning. blake might say that you know oh, those psls yeah. oh. <laughs> those psls that's why we tried to get deshaun watson now see that's another thing falcons tried to get watson last year um, obviously, Watson had some issues, and the only reason why he's getting traded is because of those issues with the sexual assault cases. So, the fact that they did that makes people believe that they will go after someone who's better than Watson with way less baggage, just the injury concerns. So, and and even with the injury stuff, like Watson hadn't stepped on the field in what two years. Yeah, he was gone. He, I, I want to say he even got hurt before the yeah, end of he, his last he season. That, he had a torn ACL. Yeah. He, uh, I, he wasn't technically suspended from the Texans, but, you know, he wasn't playing. He wasn't mm-hmm. with the team. And then he was also facing a suspension. Yeah. Like, he was facing, like, there was a legitimate possibility that he would miss a whole another season. And the Falcons, the Falcons had that trade done. Like the foul, like that trade was finished. You even saw on Watson's Instagram story the pick the Falcons jersey. Like they had that prepared for him, and then the Browns swoop in with one of the most ridiculous contracts you'll ever see. Yeah. That fully guaranteed deal <laughs> that is still to this day the reason why I think why Lamar and the Ravens are still at that impasse because Lamar is also looking for. A lot of guaranteed money, which is also something the Falcons would have to pay him. But you know, I am, I'm more comfortable paying Lamar than I would be Deshaun Watson, and you know, it, it's I, I do think that there's, uh, I I'm saying the only reason for this Lamar stuff is because it would give Atlanta the best chance of winning. Now, best case scenario, Ritter turns into an All Pro. Yeah. And I look back years from now, and I'm like, oh, thank God that, you know, <laughs> we, we didn't, didn't listen to Maya, like, dumbass. But one thing that I just want to say about this polarizing debate is understand both sides. Like, no no, side, no one side is stupid for wanting something that you don't, even though I know that that's the nature of social media. You know, if you don't, 
if you don't agree with me, you're you're an idiot. And yeah. you know. But that's not the case. Like you don't know ball. <laughs> that's what they tell you. No, you're a casual. Um with this, I, I understand both viewpoints. And I mean I even understand taking a quarterback at eight, really. If that's what they want to do. But I just trust Fontenot, like legitimately. I think he's done a good job and I think this is his first chance to really take some swings, like legitimate swings, not bargain bin shopping. Yeah, and I think even with the bargain bins they got, they got the most out of them because they got a lot out of Sean Evans, Patterson, right? I, I want to say that, um, what's his name from Georgia? Lorenzo Carter. Carter, like he did decent amount. So Hayward. And, I, and, I, and look, they got about, what, 65, 70 million, something like that. With the, since they cut um, Mariota, um, that's uh, around sixty-five mil now. They can extend Chris Lindstrom if they want to get some more money, which makes sense because Lindstrom's going to be here for a long time. Right. If they want to, uh, they can restructure Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews if they want to, and just push everything down push the line. Push everything down the line. I don't know if they will because they just got out of that situation. Didn't they? they did get out of that situation. Uh, I don't think Fontenot was really a huge fan of the Saints doing that when he was in New Orleans. I think that was more of a Mickey Loomis thing because when Fontenot came here, there were there was debate about, oh, would, would he do the same thing as in New Orleans? No, he, he swallowed that Matt Ryan dead cap hit. He swallowed that Julio Jones dead cap hit to make those trades. And, you know, lo and behold, the Falcons have more cap space now than I can remember. Yeah. So I mean if you do bring a Lamar here and he's gonna make at least fifty guaranteed. Yearly, maybe more. Annually. Yeah. Maybe more, who knows? But if we put the base number at fifty five, for example, that leaves the Falcons with maybe twelve ish million. Uh, they wouldn't do that right away though. Right. Because with Lamar, with the way that the salary cap is structured, what they would do is they would try to push that money off, like Lamar's specific contract. I think they would try to backload it because when you're owing those firsts, you want that cap spit, cap hit to be as low as possible and you want to get as many free agents as possible. Those first two or three years of Lamar's contract, when you don't have those first-rounders and draft picks, yeah. and then when that cap hit shoots up and when you can't really afford as many free agents... Well, then, you know, you still have a really good quarterback who is still not even 30, and you have your first-rounders back. You have yeah, your, yeah. Your, your draft picks And you back. can cut those old contracts or restructure or whatever. So, like I'm saying, people think that if we just get Lamar, that we're just not going to have any money to sign anybody. You will still be able to get maybe your Jesse Bates, maybe a few... I guess Marcus Davenport, if if the Saints' connection with um, that connection is very real, the guy yeah. Nielsen, the defensive coordinator, right? Just, he so, coached their D line. You can still plug some of them holes, and and when I tell people, I was like, no matter, even if we don't get them, like there's not enough. Cap. We got to have Chicago's cap space to literally fill all the holes. And we Chicago have. won't even be able to spend all that money. Like no. Jacksonville had that issue; they had too much cap space, and they broke the market for wide receivers. By giving Christian Kirk all that money. Yeah, so the Falcons, you know, I love them to death. I just want to see them do well because we, let's be real, as Falcons fans, we haven't recovered since 2017. 
not at all. There's there's no the the one positive out of that is that there will never be a, a heartbreak worse than that. Now that may happen where I say, "Well, I was wrong," and I hope that day never comes. But I can't. Can you imagine if that day came? Oh man, I can't fathom that anything else we go through will be worse than that moment. Yeah. I, I, I just can't. Like that was the worst in NFL history, and we were there. It just chokes you up to think about it because it makes you like angry, sad, all in once, just instantly, because it just took one block from uh, from Freeman. Yeah, it one took, block. It's one of like eight different things that just mm-hmm. went the other way, and all of a sudden, you know, one handoff. Yeah, the um, you know, Jake Matthews doesn't hold one hold. You know, if uh, I mean, you know, what well, we're now rehashing the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know, th- this took de- this took a dark turn, but <laughs> Real yeah, quick. no, you're you're completely correct. There's nothing that this team will ever go through. There's nothing that we will ever go through in the realm of sports. That's worse than that Super Bowl was, and and you know what's even even worse is that e- say they win the Super Bowl like next year, for example, then we're go back and say, man, we could have had two in the last like ten years, <laughs> you know. Then we just come back like, yeah, we could have had two, you know. That's what's gonna happen. No, they win ten Super Bowls, like man, we could have had eleven. Like God, it's just how bad it is. It is, but you know, let's. Let's cross that bridge when we get that one, because yeah. I, I think it's much worse having zero and being like, "Oh, that was our that that was it." Zero and behind Saints fans that yeah. can say, "What do your trophy cakes look like?" Yeah. Because if we, you know, when we do win one, you know, the Saints I can't hope. say anything. I mean, not only that, but the Saints Super Bowl is, has an asterisk by it. Like they, you know, they had that Bounty Gate Super Bowl. That's true. Brett Favre should have won that game, but. He's Brett Favre, and he decided to throw it straight to the defender. So there's Cross that. Cross body. Yeah. Um, but on brighter terms, because I said we hit all three, there's the Braves. I mean, they didn't win the championship last year. We got blasted by the Phillies. But they did win the World Series in 2021. And now they come back and try to uh, defend at least the NL East and try to hold off the Mets again. And I think that's going to be tougher this year, simply because the Mets are a little deeper than they were last year, and they're going to know like how to not blow a lead. You would think. Man, the Braves are the shining beacon right now for Atlanta sports, because yeah, that that World Series title that was a special run. Like that team had a different type of mentality that year, because I could have sworn when. When they were up 3-1 in the NLCS against the same Dodgers team. <laughs> it was a wrap. You know, when they lost, uh, was, was it that game five? Game five. You know, they lose game five. And, and they were up Harrell. big in that one. Yeah, yeah, they, they were <laughs> up in game five. That was the Cody Bellinger three-run home mm-hmm. run to tie it. I'm like, oh, like, here we go again. And then, like, you know, even in game six, they were up, what, 3-1 to one, and... Luke Jackson makes a mess of it. Runners on second and third. You have... Uh, we'll host up. Yeah, you have three players up or zero outs. It was... I, I forgot the first batter. It was, but it was pool holes. The second he one was, was pool holes. And then you had Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was last. Yeah, and right. it was... You know, you had Tyler Matz to come in and just have the greatest sequence in Atlanta Braves history by a pitcher. 
striking yeah. out the side and you know it was like when he was when he went up there against Betts after the first two strikeouts he was like Mookie Betts knew exactly what he was going to throw it was all right I'm throwing you my fastball it's going to be in the zone you'll either hit it or you won't and I'm betting that you won't hit it and I I should have known right there that we we were going to win it all. Yeah. I was still terrified of the Astros even after that. But man, Tyler Matzik, that's that's an Atlanta legend forever after that. Forever. So when it comes to the Hawks, we we talk about Hawks killers. Um with the Braves, you got to put Mookie Betts oh, on that Braves killer. Oh, Mookie like, Betts, he he's the reason why they beat the Braves in that NLCS bubble run cuz remember that the Braves should have won that game 5. They led by 2. Remember, Mookie Betts had that, like, incredible diving catch mm-hmm. to, like, rob the Braves of, like, another run, which could have probably put it away. I, I would put Cody Bellinger on there, too. Yeah, Cody. Cody Bellinger, he had <laughs> you that. Put, you can put half the Dodgers <laughs> on there. <laughs> you put half the Dodgers on there, man, because Cody Bellinger had, like, the most crappiest season. But when he plays the Braves, Ooh. he turns into – because he's a – MVP wasn't he MVP? He was the MVP, not of the bubble year, but in 2019, yeah. he was the MVP. Uh, you know, another guy, Trey Turner, who was also on the Dodgers. I, you know, uh, there was a running joke that Trey Turner has never recorded an out against the Braves. Um, <laughs> but but you know, on the other end, you know, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers are now looking at Eddie Rosario as as the <laughs> premier Dodger killer because. Rosario for about six games there just turned into Ted Williams into like prime <laughs> Ted Williams, and just like had what twenty hits. Man, Walker Bueller games. hasn't been the same. <laughs> He's out for the whole year. Man, the Dodgers are gonna have a down year this year. But we say that, and then of course, I mean, maybe this dominate. Maybe this is the year where the Dodgers finally like you know play well when we don't expect them to. Because every year we're like, oh, of course it'll be the Dodgers in the World Series, and usually. They somehow fumble it up, except for that one year. But you know, the Dodgers didn't even spend money this year because they're waiting for a tiny next year. And yeah, everybody's... also, in fairness, they're like a owner now was spending a lot of money for Chelsea too. Like he he owns Chelsea Football Club over in the Premier League. It must be nice. And those guys, I think they spent like they spent hundreds of millions in January alone just on their transfers. So, yes. you know, any money that he's diverting from the Dodgers for that, you know, I, I welcome it. I'm all for it. Who gets that fifth starter spot for the Braves? Ooh. Soroka's still on the men. That's that's a tough question. Like, I, if everyone's fully 100%, you know, you want to say Soroka, but. Because he, he was an ace before the injury. Soroka was an ace, but then he had, he hasn't pitched in two years. And he had some devastating injuries. I mean, catastrophic injuries. <laughs> He was on that John Wall uh, <laughs> injury plan right there. I think he tore his Achilles walking after originally tearing his Achilles. I mean, Ian Anderson hasn't looked great in no. spring training. You know, he gave up like three runs oof. like in the first inning. It's like Jesus. Like, and you want Ian Anderson to work out because he's a good kid. You he do was, want him to work out. He was a high pick. He wanted you. He helped you win a World Series, and for he, whatever reason, he's just struggling. Absolute legend when it comes to playoff postseason pitching. Like Ian Anderson, like I don't recall him having a bad postseason start. Um, a name, I'm not saying that he'll win it, but a name to look out for, a dark horse is Colby Allard. Former that, Brave. 
Former, I think, but number now 14. <laughs> number 14 overall pick for the Braves. I think the Braves made a trade for him from, brought him in from Texas, from the Rangers. Yeah. And, you know, Col- he's looked he's looked pretty nice in spring training so far. But that fifth starter spot's important for the Braves because it was terrible up until Spencer Strider came in, was inserted into the rotation and stabilized a, l- a little bit. And... And not only that, you kind of want to have two pitchers ready because Charlie Morton, you never know. Was he? He's the ageless wonder, but he showed his age last year. Last, last year, year, he had such a rocky season. I mean, he's very old, but I mean, you can't say that when the Mets are putting out Scherzer and Verlander. But that's a whole nother level. But you pay more than twenty million, I think, for one more run at it. But you know that could flame out and he might be like well you know what this might be it not be it kyle wright's already dealing with an injury right um you know you, your one to four is as good as anyone's and when healthy league. yeah when healthy because you know wright was incredible as he he took a leap and that was his last chance really because you know, with him it was always like sending him down he comes back he struggles that was his last chance last season yeah. And he he took full control of it. Um, he was going to be like the guy we sent to. Was it who? Do, what pitcher did we have last year? And we traded him this year to the Dodgers. Was it not the Dodgers? Uh, Tucker was it Tucker Davidson? Tucker Davidson. Did we trade him? Um, I want to say we traded sure. him. But, but it, it it was one of those pitchers, and we had him, and it just we we spot started him, and it just. Didn't work out, and the Braves and, traded him. This and year. Wright is also a top five pick, so you know he was someone that the Braves kept giving chances to, and you know, luck, lucky for us, they did. Um, Kyle Wright was, I think, he's the only starter to win a playoff game last year. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. You know, Freed is Freed. Strider is. He's going to be your ace. I, I, I don't think the Braves will retain Freed long term. Um, it was Tucker Davidson. Tucker Davidson. He plays for the Dodgers. <clears throat> yeah. Like Angels. Oh, the Angels of Anaheim. Shout out to shout out to baseball being the only sport where you can have the two best players in a sport and still be twenty games under five hundred. Because <laughs> I, I think legitimately Otani and Trout are number one and two in the league overall. And that team never sniffs a playoff spot. No. Judge is like a close three. And he almost went to the Giants, and you're going to have all three of them in the same state, which is why I hate California. They get everything because they got like seven teams. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Well, yeah, it's um, you know, I think well, the Mets will be better, but hopefully the Braves actually start playing baseball before May because they took all of April off last year. Yeah. And there's a reason why the Mets built that ten and a half game lead, but it was so fun that 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 was the most satisfying division title that I've experienced. Um, obviously, I wasn't around for the '90s, but and then watching them lose in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that was so, like that chase was so fun, and then it all culminated with that three game series in Atlanta, where you know you swept them here, you officially took control of first place in the division and you watched all of Mets Nation completely melt down to the point where they're still melting down over that. We're still getting on 
uh, Sal, Sal, <laughs> Sal Lakota, whatever his name. Yeah, is they're killing him as if Ooh. he went out there and pitched. But that's just how it is in sports. You you have some superstitions, and it's like you know we don't don't, don't talk about it, don't bring it up. You know, it has nothing to do. with I've the never game. believed in jinxes, by the way. Like legitimately, uh, he was he was full of himself with that like memorial. I mean. What what are you making Memorial Day predictions for? Talking about oh th- this division's over when it's May like that wasn't smart on his part and I guess he's facing the consequences for it to this day. Yeah, and if you come at Bray's Twitter, you better be prepared because they're Ooh. gonna come back. Bray's Twitter is is something else. They're almost as bad as Heat Heat Twitter. You don't want to mess with Heat Twitter either because, like you say, they just come in numbers. And and they stick together, and that's what Braves Twitter do. That's what they do. Is they uh, they come at you. Uh, hey, I I love Braves Twitter. Braves Twitter is so powerful. Like, I I think um, I think the the running joke on Twitter is Braves Twitter will always find what you're saying, like every single time. Oh yeah. And that's such a well-run organization too. Like it's so. There is not a single leak that ever comes from the Braves. Like every single breaking news that comes from the Braves is the Braves announcing it themselves. Yeah, that's that's rare in sports. I'm right. like like the Hawks. Oh, <laughs> that, that's a that's a leaking ship if I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and they try to patch it up with duct oh. tape. Let Tony Wrestler tell the story. Everything's all great, all good. All right. Last but not least, Atlanta United. Um, this team, I've never seen such a switch of players in the last what two or three years. But but that's soccer. They I was told a long time ago, don't get attached to players. Always buy the team jersey, not the name, because they get sold, they get traded, yep. all the time. So here's the thing about Atlanta United that's different from the other. Uh, from the other Atlanta sports teams. And we do love Atlanta United. You know, shout out to Thiago Almada for those two stoppage time bangers, bangers, bangers last week. You know, incredible. You know, that's that's a World Cup champion right there. Um, the thing about the United is the MLS, in comparison to the other leagues, is not as good. The NBA is far and away the best basketball mm-hmm. league in the world. To the point where an NBA title is more prestigious than anything you can do, even at the international level. Right. Uh, the MLB is the best baseball league. You know, the NFL is, you know, I want to say, the only like football league, but, you know, I'm sure there's a few You got more. the CFL and the XFL You got now. the CFL, yeah. <laughs> you got Shout the X- Canada. You got the XFL Oh, now. You know, and that's even starting the, soon, yeah. What is that, the AAF? Or uh, that's Bolden, yeah. <laughs> that's old, the American football, I don't know. American Alliance football. Yeah, there it is. You have NHL is the strongest hockey league, you know, yeah. in the world. These are the leagues where everyone who is the best in the world is striving to go to these leagues. The MLS, I would not put in the top ten leagues in the world when it comes to no. soccer. Like the the Premier Soccer League is the Premier League over in England. Um, you know, we mentioned Chelsea Football Club. That's a team in the Premier League. So all these players who come through Atlanta United, they look at Atlanta United as a stepping stone. Like these good young players, they want to go to the better leagues. Thiago Almada, who is now the team's best player, 
he's going to end up leaving for another league. You know, if he keeps playing like this, especially, I would say very soon. Miguel Almiron, we all remember him. Yeah. Beloved Atlanta United player, you know, helped win the championship. And we're happy to see them go. We are happy to see them go and make more money and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and, and continue their careers. Miguel Almiron, after that season, he went. He was bought by Newcastle over in the Premier League. You know, he wanted to uh, end up in England, and to this day, Newcastle United. You know, at that time, that they, they were one of the poorest uh, teams in England. You know, as poor as you can be, right, <laughs> over there. But now they're literally the richest team because they were. Bought by some Saudi like oh, investors. Saudi money. Oh. They're getting ready to buy WWE soon. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like the Crown Prince and like you know some of his guys like bought Newcastle and Miguel Almiron has ended up flourishing over there. Um, Joseph Martinez is the exception because he played in Europe. He wound up in Atlanta, and that's the guy where I was expecting him to stay in Atlanta long term, and he did for a while. But, you know, some spats, some disagreement with the front office, with ownership. And Martinez very sadly ended up in another MLS team uh, over in Miami. Ugh, Miami. So, you know, it, that's that was sad to see. But with soccer, the one thing I did disagree with about the United is you had you weren't going to keep Almiron. We, we knew that. You kept Joseph. They sold a bunch of these guys that were such key contributors and they did not replace them. No. You know, Julian Gressel for one. And they um, sent him to Washington. Darlington Nagby. You know, Nagby wanted to go home, though. Yeah. I think that's what that was. Yeah, Tito Vijalba. You know, that was I a playing time issue. Like, the, you know, it, it was all of these guys. They just, like, gutted this championship team. And Hello. Yeah, like, the reason why, <laughs> the reason why, like, this team ended up falling off so quickly, you know, it's not just because Almiron left. You know, you replaced Ezequiel Barco, ended up being solid. He wasn't as good as Almiron. You weren't going to find anyone as good as Almiron. But it was just such, you know, it was bad management, in my opinion. They, and, you know, now this team missed the playoffs last year, and hopefully they'll be back back there this year. Yeah, I mean, they had... And here's the thing. in the In the States... You know, obviously soccer is not king. It's it's football or it's college football or it's baseball, it's basketball, right? Soccer, it's like, I don't know, maybe after tennis. But in certain places, it's very up there. Like Atlanta, obviously, when they got the team, you know, showed out. Same thing that's happening now in Charlotte. They're showing out with these six. Now, some of that is because stadiums. That they're using, I'm sure there's team other teams that if they played in stadiums would have the same thing. But you know the popularity in America is like, well, like me, I only care about Atlanta United, which obviously isn't the best. So you know that kind of can vary your interest, or if you're only focused on that one team, you know it can be a little frustrating for you because you want to win, but there's so many different factors because these good players want to go up and it's hard to replace them because like Miles Robson is probably going to be gone next year because he's not resigning. The best player on our team now is going to be gone. Then we just got a go get Gary. Can't think of the name, but he just came and then he'll spend two or three years. So you can't get attached to these players because they're going to be gone. 
if they're really good. But you're just hoping their time here that they win. And we were very fortunate in our second year to get a championship out of it. So when that happened, now everybody, like, the expectation's high. Like the Hawks. Oh, y'all made East Conference Finals? I need y'all to get back or and more every year. Atlanta United, you want the MLS Cup? We need to get back every year. Expectations just get higher. And that's the other thing. Atlanta United had their best coach right away. Yeah. You know, Tato Martino. He was a guy that coached in the World Cup for our he coached Messi in the World Cup before. You know, that this is a guy where I legitimately knew him, like knew who he was when it was announced that he would, you know, be the first coach of Atlanta United. And he left just like with Almiron. He left and he coached the Mexican national team. And we have not recovered yet. But it seems like with their new um coach Seattle legend, and we also got their GM, right? Yeah, I I don't know if it's... Yeah, it may have been been GM or president or something. Something like like that. that. He's high up. He'll have a definite... He'll have a very strong voice, strong influence now. Yeah, because what's his name left? Um, Drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah, I I know. It's not Bocanegra. No, that's um, who everybody wants to get rid of. (laughs) (laughs) Da- Darren Eels. Darren Eels. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. went with Almiron in, uh, in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. So, man, so you just can't get attached. But, you know, I hope Atlanta United does well. Um, you know, just being a sports fan in Atlanta, we just, it's tough because we have only had what? Not counting UGA. Two championships. Yeah, I since mean, since the Braves. Yeah, since '95. Since '95, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, there was '95 Brave. Yeah, two titles. Um, and that's unacceptable for, you know, a place like Georgia, a place like Atlanta, a hot this, this, the king of the South, as they say, the true kings of the South. Because think about it, you got Texas, but that's more Midwest than anything. But Atlanta's like in the middle. You got Florida, you got Atlanta. It was pretty two pretty popular places, but Florida wins. It's like God, you would think Atlanta would win, but we get called like the city of losers because, you know, I was explaining to uh, Trey Young's dad on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, because you know obviously they're coming at Trey, and you know he's very active on Twitter, and I'm just he's just like, is it always like this? And I'm like, it's like three types of fans you got stuck in the past fans which are guys that's gonna no matter what you say oh no atlanta always does that no it's just i don't expect nothing because they're just so used to the the past they're stuck in the past through all these lose and then you got the transplant fans that are quote atlanta fans but they just criticize then you got the diehard fans that you know we we live and die we live and die by it. We'll complain about it, but we'll stick for better it. or for worse. Exactly. Because so. you know, you said yourself, you know, one thing about me, like we go to a lot of Hawks games. <laughs> There's been, uh, you know, we, we went through those rebuilding years. You know, we were there for, you know, or at least I joined the section after the '61 season. Oh, you and, missed a great time. Yeah, and that I was, mean, 
top tier of the section yeah. that that you and I didn't uh, I didn't just join it because the team was a sixty one team like I joined it because I didn't know what the section was before that I'm, season. You're the face of the section. Like when it comes to the section, everybody knows the guy with the red face paint. It is a face paint. Like uh, I try to I try to stand out. I try to distinguish myself. And from I think the very first game I've had face paint from my very first game ever in the section. Uh, I didn't know how to design it. Like the first game, I just smeared it all over my face. <laughs> I remember that. And it was like football paint. Just got it going, yeah. and you start having letters. And yeah, it, it was just smeared, and it just looked like I'd gone for a run because I was just all red. But it uh, works. I did. Yeah. Then I just started putting those like little A's like after the third or fourth game, and I mean, it's been not counting the COVID year because that year there were no fans. Mm-hmm. I think this is uh my sixth season so it's from 2015-16 this is now 2022-23 um it would be seven but again we're not counting the covid year so six in those six years i've missed a total of seven hawks games at home wow that's wow like seven games home games total there's 41 games per season and i've missed seven of them overall um that's a wild stat so it is you know, it, it's been some losing. Uh, it's been some been a lot of losing. Yeah, it's uh, there was that nineteen one season. There was that nineteen one season right after that. There was a year before, right before we got Trey Young. Um, you know, when the team was blatantly tanking. I mean, I no, no, I I can't say that they were tanking when the team was uh not winning much, but seeing what they had. Yeah, see, you know, just God. Camp Bazemore, Tory, and Prince were the faces of that franchise or of that team. Dennis Schroeder. I'll tell you what. When we were bad, knowing that we were probably going to lose, we had a lot. We made a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because there was no expectations. It was a lot of fun. Like I remember some of some of my fondest memories of like you know being in the section were those games when we're I think we were down by like thirty or forty to the Raptors one time, Mm -hmm. and we're just like. At that point, you're like, All right, we're not going to win anyway tonight. Let's just, like, you know, let's just have some fun. Like, you know, let's just throw it, throw these these frustrations away. And, you know, let's just, you know, we'll chant, we'll cheer, and we'll just we'll just have some fun. And th- those seasons were like that. Um, but now that, you know, now that you're good, now that you really have something, you know, you get more frustrated with the losses and... While it was pretty fun, the most fun thing out there is winning, and you know I would love to, I would love to get back to that. Let's get back to winning. So, before we go, I always ask people five questions, five random questions. So I'm gonna ask you these. You don't have to think too hard about it. The first one is the ongoing debate: Does pineapple belong on pizzas? No. Thank you. And which also goes hand in hand with. That question is, do you agree Avatar is an overrated franchise? Yes. Oh, man, thank you for that. Because Avatar is terrible. I'm sorry. <clears throat> like, I, I watched the movies. It's It was solid, Like, but top five grossing films of all time, like both of them, it's... It's ridiculous. I mean, shout out to James Cameron, though. Like, Can't hate on is, him. That man has made some money. <laughs> Can't hate him. Both those movies and Titanic. Like that man, yeah. 
If it wasn't for those damn Marvel movies. <laughs> I, I think I saw a video of him like lighting a cigar with a hundred dollar bill one time, and it's like he can do that. What's, yeah, hundred dollars mean nothing to him. Um, it's like a dollar bill to him, Ooh. probably. Um, what's if you could pick? What would be your West Coast team, NBA team? Ooh. Now, I am of the mindset that you can never have two teams. You can never have two in any sport. Agree. Like, there are some people that are, oh, I have, like, uh, an NL team and an AL team. Like, no, that that doesn't work. Like, I think if you are a fan of a team, stick with it, and that is your team. But if, you know, I really had to tell you what team I was more so pulling for uh, in the Western Conference than anyone else, I mean, right now, I, it would have to be the Sacramento Kings. You know, yeah. You do have a uh, authentic Kevin Herter jersey, so. I do have an authentic <laughs> Kevin Herter jersey. That's correct. You know, we we love we love Kevin Herter around these parts, but just in general, that. That's a, the underdog. Yeah, that's a franchise that hasn't seen the playoffs since 06. You know, those fans. I feel for them. Yeah, like. I don't like California teams, but I have a soft spot for the Kings because. I couldn't imagine going through that. Oh like my God. I, like Cleveland, like they got other teams. I mean, but they had LeBron. Like they won whatever. a title. I they won a title bad for them. But Sacramento, Oof. man, they don't have anything but that. I mean, I guess they got the um, San Jose Sharks. Is it? That's San Jose, though. I mean, that's yeah, not Sacramento. it's not Sacramento. Um, the one, the thing I will say is. That first playoff game in Sacramento will be batshit. It They're going to make be, the playoffs. They will make the playoffs, and that first home game that they have will be... That entire series, I th- I'm expecting Sacramento to be the loudest venue in, in the NBA for Should that be. series. Like, remember when the Hawks made the playoffs in 08? Remember that Celtics series? It was. We were ready. We like, win we, that series. Like, we were... Like, we won every home game. I went to game six that year. And, and not in the section. I was a child, but that was that was the loudest arena in the playoffs that year. And at if least we, in that first round, if we didn't have to play Boston four times in Boston, Ooh. man, we won. Yeah, but you know that that team hadn't made the playoffs since '99, and this Sacramento team has not made the playoffs in a lot longer than that span. So, you know, get ready, whoever's facing the Kings, because it's going to be anarchy in, in that arena. It's probably going to be like the Clippers. So. That'd be interesting. Um, figures of influence on you. Uh, figures of influence. Figures of influence. Um, my parents for sure. Like uh, you have cool parents. Yeah, like my dad. Like uh, he he said hi by the way. Uh, as, oh, as tell I, him I said hello. As I saw him today, uh, he like when it comes to the sixth man section, like you know what we know that I like do all of that, but my dad's more into it, like, or he's just as into it as I am. Like, he is the one that, like, pushed me in the group where I was like, yeah, like, there's a chance that the Hawks, like, do this, like, stuff, and, you know, I have a chance to, like, try out for this. He was the first one that's like, yeah, go do it. Like, do go, go do it. Set yourself apart. And even to this day, like, I take him to, to a lot of the games with me. And whenever... You know, whenever I'm in there, he's the one that's, like, talking me into, like, you know, getting louder, crazier, doing more shit. And, of course, like, dating back to it, definitely. He's he's the guy, he's the one that got me into sports, watched as many Hawks games as I can with him. So, you know, definitely, definitely my parents. 
And shout out to them. They are very, very nice people. They speak to everyone. They're very nice. They come to a lot of games, man. Yeah. And your dad's really awesome. So makes tons of sense. Um, number four. Of all the Atlanta teams, who do you want to win the championship the most? The Hawks. Okay. Don't even need a like that's no hesitation. The Hawks are my number one Atlanta team, you know, and you like that stress, don't you? Oh, oh man. I love for it. I love for it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would rank it Hawks one, Falcons two, Braves three. Um, exactly my list. Yeah. Same order. And, you know, what, being in this section as well, like, can you imagine going on a championship run in the six-man like, section? Georgia's a football state, you would say, because of college football. But so many people come out of Atlanta that play basketball. So I'm, I'm not. It's a basketball city, too. Yeah, it is. And it's just I mean, very overshadowed by college football and the Falcons. While I love Georgia, like I'm just, yeah, I root for the dogs. I'm not as into college sports as I am pro sports. Like, I'm the same way. It's all about preference, but, but definitely the Hawks. It's easier to root for like UGA when they're winning like they are. So it makes you like a little bit more interested. But um, yeah, last one, five favorite. Atlanta players, all sports of all oh, time. Of all time, all right. You, you kind of caught me off guard on this one. Like, you know, I wish you had uh, talked to me before, so I I could have started like making my list, <laughs> like in my head. Well, when you don't, when when it comes to you, like your original thoughts will come to you like immediately. Um. Okay. I can't. I'm not gonna, not gonna rank them, but I'll just give you five. Yeah. Um. I mean Matt Ryan, because. You know, I grew up in, through the Matt Ryan era, and he ushered in all of the success. Yeah, he did. Um, I'll go with Trey Young. You know, um, He's a first star since Neek. Let's be yes. real. We love Joe Johnson, but they didn't have, like, it was not a superstar appeal. I mean, this man said when he got traded, he just got on 2K and traded his player. Like, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> not great player, but did, was not going to bring... People to the games. Yeah, correct. And I mean, even that six, that sixty-one team brought people to the games because they were winning. Because they but, were all five. <laughs> yeah, but but it's like there was nobody that was like you know, I don't think there was a single individual player as good as Trey Young on that team, and I think Trey Young has a legitimate opportunity to go down as the greatest Atlanta Hawk ever. You know, if he spends his career in Atlanta and if he continues down this path. Um. So that's two. Uh. A player that I've, I'm gonna put on my list that I've never watched, uh, because it was before my time. Hank Aaron, just because of uh, what he's done for the culture, what he's done for the culture, and just because of how influential and how important he was, and you know I learned a lot about his life, and I read a lot about what he had to go through in those days. And that's, I think that's the number one Atlanta athlete of all time in all sports. I agree. Um, so, yeah, definitely shout out to Hank. Uh, he passed away a couple won, of years ago. They won that yeah. They won that World Series the year he passed away. You kind of hate that. Yeah, you, you, wish you, been a, you wish you would have been able to see it happen, but at least he saw the 95 one happen. He did. Um, so, yeah, definitely shout out to Hank Aaron. I think that's... Uh, you can't you can't write the the story of Atlanta sports without Hank Aaron having 
a very, very massive, massive chapter in that book. Um, so that's three. Uh, number four, uh, I'll, I'll go with Chipper Jones. Chipper. With the Braves, you know, growing up, Chipper Jones was the guy. Like, he was, you know, that was his team. And that, that's a guy that was Atlanta through and through. I, I give a lot of respect to guys who have been there throughout their entire careers. And Chipper Jones even took less money to stay with the Braves. You gotta respect that man. No, for sure. He didn't believe in uh, the vax, but <laughs> he did believe in him that baseball. <laughs> hey, well, we're not gonna talk about the off the field stuff. <laughs> you know, we're not gonna talk about the political stuff. Uh, so, you know, number five. This one, you know, this one's very difficult going through, and you know, obviously some honorable mentions. You, know, you have Dominique Wilkins in there, but again, a, a guy that. I've never seen, I've never like watched. Hank Aaron's different just because of the influence that he had and just because of how important he was, not just for the Braves, but for baseball and for sports yeah. in general. Number five, I'm actually going to put Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. I saw Joe, man. I saw Joe growing up. Like, you know, the first Atlanta team I fell in love with was the Hawks. Again, it was through my dad. And then, you know, uh, gradually you know, the other teams followed quickly behind. But Joe Johnson, like, he was he was the man for that generation of Hawks for me growing up. Like, he was? He, like, that was his team. And I still, to this day, yell from the Raptors and beat the drum that Joe Johnson's number two should be hanging should. from the Raptors at State Farm Arena. No offense. Tyler Dorsey should have never wore that number. Trent, After him. Trent Forrest wears that number two. Oh, no offense man. to Trent Forrest, but they're giving that number to a bunch of guys that do not nobody should be wearing number two. You know, that's a guy that was a six time all star in Atlanta, six years in a row. Man, he was making twenty five million. He was like, man, we're paying him a lot of money. Man, that's a bargain nowadays 25 oh. million that's what john collins is making oh. <laughs> hey, no, there was no need to throw john collins on this list there. Yeah. that's a pretty good list i mean mine's as close to yours like mine would be vic because just he was just electric i just this, it was different with him and it would be matt ryan because i was a, i was a matt ryan fan i was a stan and i believed if we had him last year we probably went to the playoffs because I, I just don't think he would have Got that bad. I got into a lot of arguments on Matt Ryan's behalf on Twitter. Yeah, and he wasn't the main problem. Sorry, people. He wasn't the main problem in Atlanta. And the defense was the main problem in Atlanta. Exactly. And coaching. Um, Trey Young, you've seen my jersey. I have every color Trey Young jersey there is because I'm just so happy to have a superstar for the Hawks because no disrespect to Joe Johnson. He, He was a superstar as well, but not to the NBA public the way or the level he's on now. Um, but now I, I love Trey Young. I love Ronald Acuna Jr. too. But I'm with you on the Hank Aaron. Like, he's just meant too much to the culture, to the city. Um, Acuna's going to get there, though. Yeah. No, I can definitely see, for me, Acuna, if he stays, if he stays a bit longer – doesn't get hurt. Like I like him. I love his attitude. Yeah, he can definitely. I think he'll definitely move move into my top five eventually. But yeah, he has that swagger. Like, you know, gotta love Ronald Acuna. Hopefully, the injuries are past him. And my fifth was a toss up between Chipper 
and um, Joseph Martinez. Because even though Joseph was only here for like five years, that man was the city. Like he was the epitome of Atlanta. Just the swagger, you know, how he repped the city. Like he wanted to stay here. Like he, you know, he was a man of the people. Like I can't think of anybody that got a whole whole of the city as quickly as he did. And we're talking about soccer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Soccer. Everybody yeah. know who Joseph Martinez was. And that's just a major impact. But it's probably chipper because I mean he's a he's an Atlanta legend. When you think Braves, you you think of the the pitchers, Maddox Smoltz and What's Lovin. the name? Lovin. But you you mainly think of Chipper yeah. Jones. And I mean, there this is a list where you have so many honorable mentions. You have so many guys that just deserve a mention in this conversation. Yeah, like I didn't say Dominique, and I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's Dominique. There's the three pitchers that you just mentioned. You know, there's Deion Sanders. You know, yeah. Jesse Tuggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just if you want to go way back, so some of the old, older folks remember Steve Barkowski as mm-hmm. the first star quarterback. Just losing for the Falcons, taking punishment. <laughs> if you were if you were into the NHL, the Thrashers, Ilya Kovalchuk Ilya is the name. Kovalchuk, yeah. Um, back That's the those... only hockey player I knew. <laughs> hey, I bet I bet you weren't expecting me to throw Ilya Kovalchuk out there, but yeah, hey, that Thrashers hey, we... team. We had the All Star Game. He was like the 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 face of it. Yeah, that Thrasher <laughs> team was nasty. You had Marion Hossa, you know, Victor Kozlov. Was it Vladimir Kozlov? I don't know. Something Kozlov. Vladimir Kozlov was a yeah. WWE wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was Victor Kozlov, Bobby Holik. You know, I I, I remember that Thrasher's team. Man, you know? hey. But yeah, it's uh, there's so many legends. Like you know, we talked about Almiron earlier. I don't think he's on the same level as Joseph, just because Joseph won the MVP. He stayed here for, you know, a bit mm-hmm. longer. Uh, Julio Jones. We Julio didn't mention Jones. Julio Jones. We didn't even mention yeah. Julio. Yeah, this, Roddy White. Roddy White, exactly. And everybody loved Roddy White because he never played for nobody else. Yeah, and I mean, he always <laughs> he always went at it against the Saints, too, just like just like the fans of Atlanta did. Yeah, like, oh. We need more of that. Yeah. It's hard. Might, next time I had to make a top ten because you can't leave out there's, Roudy White, man. There's so many. There's you can't so leave out many Julio guys. and Roddy. Yeah, I mean Freddie Freeman. I, Freddie. I I know that feelings are still yeah. a bit hard right now, but nostalgia, nostalgia will do its thing in, in the coming years, and we'll remember. He'll Freddie he'll Palmer. find a way back to Atlanta because yeah. I think last year was evident that he did not want to leave. He Atlanta. did he did not want to leave, and he wanted to be here forever. And I'll say because I have some sources that um, he all that got messed up because of the agent. Yep, that is that is a true story. If you hear that is true, he he was planning on signing that deal to come back. Yeah, I mean it's not like Danzy Swanson goes over there and bashes the fans no. on his way out. So you know, and then try to play both sides. Well, you know, I'm from Atlanta. You know, I'm the biggest Hawks fan. Shut up, Danzy. You worry about the Cubs not losing a hundred games this year because they won't be good. I don't know what that <laughs> team was thinking in free agency, by the way. Well, and I appreciate it, man. We. Talk for almost two hours. Oh shit! But that's what happens when you talk Atlanta sports. It's a long mired history. No, we didn't. We barely got into it too. We barely got it. We have to do a part two. We'll do a part two with uh, Jake to make it even better because I know he's got some stories. He's got some pain. No one, no one's seen more pain than uh, us uh, Hawks fans, Atlanta fans, Sacramento Kings fans. 
But the Buffalo Bills fans. And Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah. So if you're not an Atlanta fan, a Kings fan, or a Buffalo Bills fan, you don't know heartbreak. Or or a hockey fan from Atlanta. So So we welcome that new uh, Alpharetta hockey team that will... Alpharetta Unicorn. And they will eventually be in Canada in no time. Oh, Oh, I don't say that. We'll, We'll hold on to it this time. All right, man. So, go Hawks. We're probably about to watch them in an hour. Get, uh, who knows what they're going to do against the Heat. We struggle against them. Um, but, yeah, it was great. Thanks for listening. I hope everybody listened to the whole thing. You got anything else to plug? Uh, you can find my work on Um And... If you're ever at a Hawks game, I'm in 122. And if you ever see the guy passing by in the halls just with face paint on his face, uh, just always, always say hi. You know, I'm always happy to say hi. Uh, that'll do it. Go Hawks. Bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Music or Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RadioFaces1898.